welcome everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Back. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm very excited because my favorite of all time, military romantic suspense author, is with us tonight. Um, M.L. Buckman, better known as Matt, um, has written over 60 novels, 100 short stories, and an ever-growing pile of audiobooks that he narrates himself. Um, in the meanwhile, he has traveled the world by bicycle. It's a great story. Um, and he writes not only in military romantic suspense, but contemporary romance, thrillers, and science fiction. Although I think the military stuff is his really first love. He has um, built and designed houses. He's flown and jumped out of airplanes is crazy to me, um, consulted to a Fortune 100 company. He says he's constantly amazed at what can be done with a, a degree in geophysics, which we got to talk more about that too. So here's some of the <laughs> things that, that that Matt said. He can, and I know this because we've talked about this before, he can single, single-handedly um, sail a 50-foot sailboat, which to me is pretty impressive. Um, his full name translates to Matthew Beloved Bookman, which, you know, it's, it's, it's a natural thing. Um, he was born during one of the worst snowstorms in Pennsylvania history. Um, <laughs> he, went, he went to college, so they say, you can't get in the car from here, which I know my parents are from Massachusetts. Um, he was a live theater electrician and sound man for several years. He can sing opera, which I love. Because that's one of my favorite things, especially on aria. But I, but I can't sing it well. Well, that's okay. You can still do it. He's a he's a black belt in taekwondo. He can do the Vulcan hand sign. So can I. And he also quilts. Welcome back to Authors on the Air, Matt Buckman. Hi, Matt. Thank you. Hi, Pam. <laughs> I love having you on my show. You are so interesting, and I just adore all of your books. And apparently. So do others. You just have legions of followers and so many good reviews on all your books. Um, I'm thrilled to have you back. What's new and exciting? Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, well, let's see. I moved from the West Coast to the East Coast after really? 40 years out there. Yep. Uh, we just had decided we were done with where we were and just wanted something new. And you know how you get stuck in where you are and what you're thinking and what you're doing. And they say things like, oh, you should, you know, drive a different way to work or try eating a different food. Well, we moved across the country. (laughs) Nothing by halves with you, Matt. Nothing by halves with you. Nothing by halves. No. No. Listen, I want to go back to the beginning with you because – we were talking in the green room and I told you when I get hooked on a, on a book and I, I love the author's POV that I kind of snap up all the books and then read them in a row. And so you've had a very interesting and very diverse life. You've done a lot of different things. So mm-hmm. how did you, first of all, get your love of books? Where did that come from? Uh, my third grade teacher, Mrs. K in upstate New York, little cow town called Marathon. And I was in my, like, fourth year of rereading Winnie the Pooh. And the problem was that she was a family friend. And so she knew how smart I was. And and so she wouldn't – she didn't – just wouldn't put up with it. And so I spent almost the entire year over at the side table not participating with the rest of the class. This is a little dairy town. And 
I went in at second grade reading level, and I came out reading London and Melville. I oh my gosh. went in in one year, and I went in barely able to do addition to doing square roots. And I went in, and she just every single thing, she said, "No, nope, you're better than that." And she pushed me for an entire year, and it's all because wow. of her. I don't even remember my third grade teacher, but I know I was I was in a Catholic school, so it was probably one of the mean nuns who used to wrap my knuckles pretty good with a ruler. <laughs> but that what turned me into do? a voracious reader. I and bet it did. Yeah. So, so what Which, did you do in college? What did you study in college? Rocks. I have a degree from from uh, Bates College in Maine. In rocks. <laughs> Geophysics. Okay. So how did that That's, happen? That happened because I failed out of physics. Um, <laughs> I got to a certain point and my brain just didn't work the way theoretical physics works. And at the same time, I was taking a geology 101 class for the fun of it. And you could see the rock structure, you could touch it. You could knock off a chunk and slice it and put it under a microscope and see its structure and its chemical analysis. And it was like, that I could understand. It's also probably the only field I never worked in <laughs> of well, all bizarre that was, loops. That was my next question. Um, what would you have done with a geophysics degree had you decided to follow that route? In 1980, absolutely nothing. That was the problem. Really? The bottom fell out. It was part of the uh, oil gas crisis, the ah. 1981. Yes, so I remember your option that. Was, yep. Your option was either to go out and what's called mud logging, which is you go out to the oil well and you pull up the mud and you go, yep, you've hit this layer today. And the guys all know that, but you officially log it. And I had friends who that's what they did. Or you went back to school, and the problem was that it kept going on. So you then had to go back to school for your Ph.D. because there were still no jobs for guys with masters. And there was – so I moved out to the West Coast on the toss of a coin, literally. And I cooked fast food fish, and I was a live theater electrician, and I learned how to fly, and I bought that – that poor old rundown 50 foot sailboat and fixed it up and learned how to sail it. Um, and then after about five years, I stumbled into a job at a law firm because I wasn't afraid of computers and spent the next 30 years in some version of computers or project management of computers or with them across wow. seven different industries. Wow. Wow. So it, it's a pretty random – it took me a long time to figure out how to explain my resume. And it was like, okay, well, it's not really that. It's not really that. <laughs> Listen, I'm a physical therapist by profession, so, you know, I get that. It's, it's kind of yeah. hard to, to, to explain how you got from there, here to there and, and so on, so I get it. Now, you took time off to, to bike ride around the world. Now, I, obviously – you can't ride over the oceans or anything, but that was your year to do mat, correct? Or years to do mat? Yeah. What, I, I call what, it my, my midlife crisis on wheels. Okay. 
And I actually wrote that book in October. Um, finally, after four complete redrafts, it took me 25 years to write that book in a way wow. that I felt was acceptable. But I say it's very easy. All you have to do is lose everything. I had a business partner with a different definition of the word integrity than I had. And oh. that came back and bit me. And I ended up losing the house I'd spent seven years remodeling for a family I didn't have time to find. I lost the car, the career, the job. I mean, the whole thing. I burned the ground behind me with um, being associated with that person. And wow. suddenly I, cu I couldn't work in, you know, Houston or Denver or Calgary or Seattle or San Francisco where I had been. I couldn't work mm -hmm. for Oracle or Compaq or Microsoft or all those companies I had been. And it was just like, uh, get on a bike and go around the world. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> and so, so I did. I spent what, 18 months did, out there. What did you figure out on your ride around the world? Um, it was interesting for when you're, when you're on a bicycle, what happens is the moment I call it kicking the pedal high, the moment mm -hmm. you kick the pedal high so you can push down for that first stroke, you're suddenly alone. It doesn't matter if you're with a group of other cyclists, you're riding single file on the edge of the road. Mm -hmm. So I was by definition alone and the universe has a sense of humor. So I didn't end up riding with anybody. I rode with somebody for three days in Oregon. And the next person I rode with was in Greece a year and a half later. Wow. I was alone on a bicycle for well over a year. And um, camping wild. So I was camping. I camped in the outback. I camped under bridges in Japan. I mean, I was... I was way out on the edge. Uh, but what it did was it let me think about every choice I had made for 35 years and every choice I wanted to make for the next 35. It was a year and a half to think about who I was and who I wanted to be. And the change, the ultimate change was so drastic that my friends from before my trip still mm -hmm. warned my wife who I met after the trip still mm -hmm. check in with her and go, now he's not being like this, is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he isn't. <laughs> and we've been together 22 years and it's still, he's not wow. being like this, is he? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, so uh, you, this was a year of discovery, a year and a half of discovery for you that ultimately did it lead you to writing or did it lead you to do something else? I ended up uh, – I knew I wanted to write a book about the trip, so I kept a really thorough journal, took photos, did all that because I'd read a lot of world bicycling literature before I went. Mm -hmm. What I didn't expect was I was on a plane, so I actually know the day I became a writer, July 23rd of hmm. 1993. I was on a plane from Seoul, Korea to ride across the Outback. And I started writing this little vignette about a freshman roommate just to pass the time on the plane. And it turned from fiction, from nonfiction into fiction. And suddenly St. Peter was sitting at the table and 
he needs help because the computer that runs the universe had crashed and he can't find God to fix it. And it was like, hold it, what? And that became my first <laughs> novel. I wrote my first novel on my bike trip. And I'd never written, wow. I'd written, you know, the, the, the required bad short story at 14. And that was kind of it. Sure. Right. And, uh, so I came back with this train wreck of a novel that I eventually clean, figured out how to clean up and sold. And man, once I, once I bit into story, I couldn't stop. Wow. And it took me yeah. from 97 to 2012 to break out. In which time I wrote and, about 15 books. But you have 60 15. books under your belt now. Jeez. I do, but I'm a full-time writer. And the thing is, some of uh, these ideas go way back. I imagine. Typing, I want, typing I want, a book is very fast. It's the writing in your head, getting the idea that takes years right. sometimes. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about because I've read all of your military romantic suspense anything having to do with the smoke jumpers and you know the the all of the night stalkers planes, and the, the night stalkers yeah. and the delta all of those so and now of course you have miranda chase from the ntsb and she's a pilot she is the like savant of all crashes she knows how to figure everything out Sometimes to her detriment, and and mostly in the end, it turns out good. But um, those I had never read military science, uh, military romantic um, suspense, until I read you. And I have to tell you, uh. I've 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 read a lot since then, and I don't think anyone compares to your writing. One because your female characters wow. are all so strong. Your your lead character is a woman who is kick-ass on her own, can handle her own life, and if she happens to get a mate, well, okay, that's just the cherry on, on the Sunday. But also, you have such a detailed knowledge, I think, otherwise you're winging it, of all of these airplanes and helicopters. How do you learn all that? And is it true? Um. To the best of my ability, every single thing that looks like a fact is a fact. And when I turn on something historic, when I go back to some historic moment, like describing mm -hmm. how they got into Bin Laden's compound or how they go mm -hmm. through training, um, the opening of the first Delta Force book, Target Engaged, I spent... Uh, the first quarter of the book talking about their training. Well, I spent a year researching how they do that. And then I had a friend read it who had a friend who was Delta Force because, of course, I couldn't get to the Delta guy. And they sure. said, yeah, tell, tell him to go ahead with it. Um, I, wow. I research roughly an hour to an hour and a half for every three hours of writing. Still. Wow. So for 10 years, I've been re actually 14 now. I've been researching specifically military action and how they do it and why they do it. So if I get like I don't, I made some choices. I don't um, use the language as heavily as any soldier would. Right. I don't, and I don't show 
the blood, but I don't try to dress up war either. No, I, I know you people, don't. I have people die, but um, I wanted to address the issues that these people face. And where this all actually started was my first male hero. I wrote a military male hero in a book that's never see the light of day. Um, mm-hmm. And he was laughed out of the room as being such a total wimp. I'm the guy who cries at the, com- the sappy commercials. Right. I'm the one who cries at the end. My, my wife, she's Scottish. What can I say? Okay. Um, so I, I'm, I'm the mushy Jew. And so, so funny. Um, I started reading these accounts of the, I figured, how do I learn to write a good male? And so I started reading the accounts, the memoir of SEALs and the people who chose it as a career, the special operations people who said, no, I'm not a soldier. I'm a career warrior. And just trying to learn the voice. And what I, what happened was I got fascinated by the choice they had made a choice I would never make personally right? to stand for team and country and, uh, the, the things that motivate them. And so I started wanting to tell their stories. And that's what turned into this. But I, because I was trying to tell their story, I wanted it to be as accurate as I could. So if I talk about the, the rotor speed on a UH-60M or be an MH-60M, see? Uh, it's a Korsky black. Wow. I've, looked, I've looked up the rotor speed. I've probably spent an hour trying to find out how that linkage works. Um, I'm actually starting a new blog on Friday called Nerd Guy Fridays. And it's going to start looking at some of that weird research that I've done where I talk about, yeah, I did three days of research to write this line because that line was what brought this thing to life. It's what made it real. You know, um, I want to talk about the new series because um, it's just blew my mind when you switched over to Miranda. Um, The first book was called Drone. And (laughs) when, when you sent this to me, you sent this to me when I was sick, I think. And I, you know, read it finally. And I was, I was so stunned about the book, about how incredibly great it was. And how complete it was. It just just totally and completely, excuse me, Holly, I have a little helper who's sitting next to me saying, Mom, you don't feed me enough. I've only eaten four times today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> pardon me. So Miranda Chase is the, the best and the brightest and the smartest uh, of the National Transportation Safety Board. And so whenever there is a crash that is confusing or big enough or serious enough or military enough, she has sent in. But my God. But the only the, the only thing she knows and understands is crashes. Right. That's her catch. That's what makes her right. human. She knows yeah. nothing about herself. She does not, and she doesn't have a filter, and when she's finished talking, nope. she just walks away. I love her character, though, because she's so unique, but what really blew me away was 
how savvy the the um the book writing was because of the detail of the drones and everything that happened. It's just, I had no idea where you were going with, but they're very, very fast paced. And I, I truly, truly love the series. So naturally, as soon as Thunderbolt was out, I had to go and get that. And I'm waiting on pins and needles for Condor. So let's talk about Miranda because I've, you know, I could keep you on here for an hour and talk to you, but I can't do that. So, <laughs> so let's talk about where Miranda Chase came from because she's such an exceptional character. Um, again, it was when I created the Night Stalkers, I created Emily Beale. Emily Beale, and yeah. Emily Beale was this pure, maybe too perfect, driven. You saw her doubts inside, but she becomes the mama figure. She launched six series. She launched 35 books inside the Emily Beale universe. I mean, how am I going to recreate that? So I've made other attempts to create strong and interesting women, and they've been good, but they haven't had that thing that grabbed me and I know if it doesn't grab me it's not going to grab the reader and when I stumbled on the idea for Miranda Chase um, she's she's a composite of a lot of little pieces for me that come from mm-hmm. a lot of different sources mm-hmm. uh, my kid my kid works in autism in autism mm-hmm. treatment so I hear a lot about that. You'll see aspects of that expressed in Miranda. Yes. I'm, I'm very, very, very focused when I'm working on something. I lose 14-hour chunks of time. Um, wow. I gave that to her. So I gave these pieces of things that I knew, and it's also something I love. My dream as a little kid was to fly the big jets. I didn't want to fly the fighter jets. I wanted to fly the big transports or the big passenger jets. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was learning how to fly. And I found out that I'm partially colorblind and couldn't have made a career out of it. That's when wow. I stopped. Wow. But that love of aircraft is still there. And that's what carried <laughs> me all through these different books. You know, and, when um, you, you talk about some uh, Miranda's saber jet, the one that she has herself, her own book, her own thing, yep. I had to go mm-hmm. Google that and look up pictures so I could I, – that's how much I identified with her and wanted to get into this book. And then she has – I don't remember what the other one's called, but she loans it to her team, the other the other plane that she has. But Ooh, um, a mo- It's a Mooney. It's the fastest civilian plane there is. Okay, so I I know I looked that one up too, but I just couldn't remember the name because I'm so fascinated by the fact that she flies this antique jet. (laughs) You know, it was fascinating to me, but it's so in keeping with her character. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will also say there is a scene at Thanksgiving dinner that was so appropriate for her, it cracked me up laughing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that end scene. That was great. I love that it. was a great scene. That was a great scene. I have to tell you, but, but yes, a little bit. I see you peeling away her personality, 
um, just a little bit. And I think it's because her team understands that she's a unique individual and they Mm -hmm. just support her unconditionally. And that's actually something I'm just starting to understand as a writer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all evolution. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know. These books are not (laughs) pre-planned. When I sit down to write one of these books, I'm exploring and discovering and meeting these characters myself. And there's a blind acceptance that these characters have of her. And we see that we start to see in Thunderbolt why Jeremy has that. And we're going to see more of that in from Holly and Condor of why they attached to Miranda so strongly, but I love their protection of her as well. I mean, yes. it's a really wonderful dynamic between them because they're all flawed. I've written so many, you know, strong characters who get over their past and become the, the perfect mate, which is a trap of romance. Right. Is you have to find some way to the happy ever after. And mind you, obviously I love romance or I wouldn't have written over 50 of them, right. but um, there's a, taking away that HEA requirement. Let me actually delve into the flaws more and delve into the internal angst more in yes. a way that I'm, I'm finding fascinating as a writer. Well, as a reader, I will tell you that it was interesting the way you built her character. And um, I was fascinated by her. She would be someone I'd want to follow. I kind of like, you know, Jeremy, want to follow her around and just watch her. I would want to do yes. that. And so, um, and one of the things is she's totally, she's guileless. She, you know, she just is doing what she does best. And I like that yeah. about her, even though um, she may not always be right. She may not always be mm-hmm. right. So um, I, I really am enjoying this character and I'm looking forward to this as a, it, I'm hoping this will be a continuing series for you because it's oh, me so too. fascinating. I'm having, yeah. I'm having a great time with it. Yeah, the origin story is actually coming out in an anthology called Origins of Honor next month, I think. Maybe the month after, but it's on pre-order now. And uh, I wrote her origin story, and um, no, I won't give it away. But there's a well, it explains something about her. Explain what the origin story is, because I know what it is. But would you please explain to listeners what it is? The origins of honor. The Origins of Honor is 15 authors who got together and said, let's write thriller-ish. Some of us are science fiction. I'm pure thriller. Some are in between. But what is the origin of honor story for your main character? And so for me, it was Miranda's first major plane crash investigation and how it shapes her and changes her and turns her into this military crash expert that she becomes in these later books. And so it's 15 origin stories of all these ongoing successful characters. Well, 
uh, you know, I bought pre-ordered mine already, so I encourage everybody else <laughs> to pre-order theirs. <laughs> Matt, we're running out of time, and damn, I have to have you come back because I, I could just talk to you for hours. Anytime. Um, tell me and listeners where your website is, and I've signed up for your newsletter because I'm, you know, I need to keep on top of what you're doing. You're, you're, you move too fast. You write too fast. So I've signed up for your newsletter. <laughs> Tell everybody your website and where they can find you on social media. You can find me everywhere under ML Buckman, M-L-B-U-C-H-M-A-N.com. Dot com, it's at ML Buckman Facebook, at ML Buckman Twitter. Um, it's all the same everywhere. Very good. So makes me easy to find. The newsletter gets you a free anthology when you sign up. Um, and... I do a free short story on my website every month, so the newsletter gives a reminder of that. I've done that Fabulous. for six years Six years now. That's how I got 100 short stories. Um, wow. I do 13 a year. Is that um, – are they in the same genre as, you're, as you happen to be writing in at the time? Yeah, uh, they wander a bit. So oh, okay. uh, there can be science fiction romance. There's uh, right now I'm doing a Coast Guard romance, ser- romantic suspense series of short stories. Um, they there's a ten Delta Force. There's another one coming. There's a Night Stalker one coming on whatever That's the good. 14th of this month is. I'm is another so Night Stalker story. I'm so excited. I'm just unsubscribed from everybody else just so I can read your stuff. <laughs> I love the short so, story. Once I figured out how to do it, it's it, it's just yeah. so fun to play with this small object to get a whole romance or adventure in that small object. It's really fun. It's it's a talent. I have you know I published an anthology um, of short stories for uh, for a cause. Uh, it was about domestic violence survivors because I am a survivor myself. And um, it was really interesting that I asked a lot of authors that I know if they would contribute. And I said, I don't know how to write a short story. I can't write a book with a a story in 3,000 words. So if I ever do a second one, I'm calling you and making sure that you'll you'll write one for me. Okay. (laughs) Glad to. Yeah, what happened to me was I was – I kept telling a friend, no, everything I write turns into a novel. And she got so sick of it, she said, okay. You are in the fourth – she started a magazine, and she said, you are in issue number four of Fiction River. You are one of the named authors on the cover. And then what she did was it was a real gift. She built a box so small I could only fit one story in it. She said, I want a Night Stalker romance for my Christmas ghost anthology. And I said, I don't write short. I don't write ghosts. And she said, I don't care. <laughs> there and you go. Well, she threw down the gauntlet. And Publishers Weekly in the review said this is, you know, one of the best short stories in the anthology. And I was in there with a lot of good names. And it was like, really? Oh, I need to look at this. And that was the first one because uh, Christine Catherine Rush said, write me a short story. I'm putting it in our Fiction River anthology. How terrific. And that was six, six years ago. How terrific. I'm so happy for you. Right, yeah, the, uh, I want you to. The you Origins need to go of and, Honor. The is, Origins is of Honor pre-ordered is, today. Is, right, but it's also a benefit for all proceeds go to the Oscar Mike Foundation. Hundred percent right. of proceeds. 
and that's what we did with the betrayed anthology that I did. Um, it all went down to the Naples shelter for abused and women and, and children. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's it's great. always nice to do those. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you. This is ML Matt Buckman. The new book is called Thunderbolt. I promise you, if you like techno thrillers involving the military, um, you're going to love this. It's, absolutely my favorite series of all time matt thank you so very much for being with me i you know i gotta get you to come back again sooner rather than later okay sounds great it's always fun to talk to you thanks so much for having me it's my pleasure and i want to thank you for being here listeners and readers and thank you mom and dad i'll see y'all later (laughs) bye-bye 